Welcome back to the Cold Pizza Podcast. It has been a while. It hasn't been a while since the last post. Um, RJ and I recorded an Oregon recap a few days ago. It was only like 45 minutes long. Had a good time with that. Um, We're trying to get back into a regular posting schedule. There's a lot going on with it being summer. Um, Vintage Grand Prix is now over. Um, Had a really good time. Had a bunch of friends in this year again my dad came out to visit and uh with everybody traveling here there and everywhere rj's in the middle of a move he's staying in the area he's just moving houses um everybody's super busy so it's been hard to get everybody to sit down and record that being said on this week's episode i have one of my best friends um his name is parker gidney as i had mentioned on rj's oregon recap he is in from maine Parker and I have an interesting friendship, to say the least. Uh, We met in like 2015, before I moved to Pittsburgh, on a machinist forum and page on Facebook. Uh, I was young, straight out of trade school, saw this other young kid in a page with, what, 50,000 people in it, something like that? Yeah, something crazy like that. Um, Saw this other young kid asking good questions and trying to learn just kind of we'd comment back and forth here and there and then i just shot him a friend request at one point we were messaging back and forth ended up exchanging numbers and turns out he also raced motocross growing up and he's into machining welding fabrication um diesel trucks we we don't really agree on because i'm a gm guy he's a ford guy but uh he's into subarus he's into snowmobiles and the first time we met in person was when I picked him up at the airport last year for Vintage Grand Prix. So he flew in on a whim, and uh, I didn't murder him in his sleep, so he decided he was flying back again this year. So he's here. This is actually the first episode we've recorded in the actual Horsepower and Pizza office. Oh, that's true, isn't it? It is. I just realized that, I've never recorded a podcast in the office. I've recorded at my house once or twice, but... Never in the office. Hopefully, um... If everything goes my way within the next year, there will be another house with a little bit nicer office slash studio. So um, more on that later. Um, I'll get into what's coming from Horsepower and Pizza a little later into the episode, but welcome Parker Gidney to the Cold Pizza Podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. It's awesome. So what you finna talk about today, big oh, boy? Oh, jeez, I don't even know. It's uh, a great question. Um, well, tell everybody about all your fun toys and your Subaru that you recently picked up. Oh, and the uh, impulse purchase. Yeah. Oh, so where should I start with most recent or the first fun one? Does anybody, anybody listening like... 6-0 power strokes yeah don't buy one they're toilets no. oh you should have told them that. that was your plug to sell yours on here <laughs> it is for sale though if you do want to buy one it's been bulletproof but i bought that oh uh, let me think 2017 october of 2017 and i thought i was getting a really good deal on it it was already had head studs and stuff done i was like all right cool i went up bought it i think i drove it for a month and a half two months and i popped the head gasket on it I got that fixed and then everything from there just snowballed it was head gaskets and then I got it back drove it for a day 
Found out all eight of my injector solenoids decided to kick the bucket at the same time. So I got that fixed. Rebuilt the whole high-pressure oil system. I have as much money in the truck as I paid for it, which really sucks. Um, and Gotta this, pay to play. Yeah, yeah. Diesel truck. I found, out, I found that out the hard way. Definitely not something like don't skimp on maintenance. That's the biggest thing. I'm guilty of that a little bit, not going to lie. Um, and then this past spring, I actually picked up an 07 Legacy GT Limited wagon off a buddy of mine with five-speed in it, and that was kind of an impulse purchase, but it's been a really, really fun car so far, and that actually hasn't cost me a nickel, which is, yeah, it'll knock on wood. So far, nothing's come apart. Had the timing chain and water pump done before I, like, 40,000 miles before I bought it. Haven't had an issue with that, and that was really my first, like, foray into anything lowered or it wasn't a truck yeah well, basically <laughs> which was weird for me because i'm so used to sitting like 14 feet above everybody in traffic and now i have this thing that's on coilovers and rotiforms and it's, i'm like dragging my ass down the road when i drive it's the opposite of everything that you've yeah, exactly about. like it's not a truck it is a lowered subaru wagon and it looks really good. It's on rotiforms. It's got little flares because I guess it did have a little bit of fender rust. It yeah, it was it's a, little, a Subaru, right. so I mean, it's... little rust that was cut out, and that was uh, two owners ago. Um, yeah, he cut the rust off, put flares on it. But it, it's at pgids is my Instagram. If you want to go check it out, you don't need to follow me because I'm not private. Um, but yeah, that's been a fun little car. Like it's definitely taught me like a lot more about driving than just kind of going down the road in a big stupid truck. Like, I can actually, like, have fun in it and enjoy it and not have to worry about it breaking and sucking me dry money-wise again. And then, probably about a month ago now, I decided I was sick of that black truck being a pile, so I decided to buy a 6.7. I wound up in a 2011 F-250. Low-mileage truck. It's lifted. It's on wheels and tires. And that is a better truck in literally every way imaginable than that 6-liter. Like, I can't even just, from the interior to the way it goes down the road to not having to worry about it breaking down on me. And, like, that black truck, I, how many times did I text you when I worked nights and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I didn't get home until, like, four hours after I get out of work because I had to tow the truck home again. Yeah, you had to tow the truck home. Didn't you where what was the issue that your fuel gelled at one point? Oh, yeah, that was when I was working. That was, like, this past December, and it was stupid cold I don't know I think it was like 25 below zero my truck had been sitting for like 10 hours at that point and Which I, quite the opposite of this weekend yeah no it's about 105 right. in Pittsburgh and yeah I remember yeah I got out of work at 11:30. walked my walked out the quarter mile of the parking lot because I worked at a shipyard at the time and truck wouldn't start truck wouldn't start batteries finally died and I was like okay this sucks but I wonder if it's because I'm gelled up and I pulled my upper fuel filter under the hood and it looked like a candle the yep. paraffin had completely come out of the fuel and plugged the hell out of it and that sucked but that 6.7's been great to me so far again knock on wood it's only been a month I got nothing to complain about yet I don't think not that I can think of well I mean it's it's red it's big mm -hmm. it looks really good yeah I mean it's on it's on 37's it and definitely I mean, it definitely stands out, which I like. If you're going to buy a Power Strike, like I said, I'm a GM guy. I would buy a Duramax, and uh, it's funny. <laughs> Everybody knows my history with impulsive 
purchases and all of that. Parker flew in Wednesday. I'll, I'll get back to my statement I was making about the power strike. I promise this all ties together. Um, I've been contemplating getting back into motocross a little bit. Like, probably not race, but get another bike and go out and ride on the weekends and stuff. And just to have fun. Um, Parker flies in Wednesday. So, like, I was looking at tow vehicles to begin with. Like, something that I could either pull a trailer behind or, like, obviously a pickup truck. I could throw a bike in the bed. And pickup trucks are... The last one I had was a financial nightmare. But if I bought another one, I said if I ever buy another like a full-size truck, I would buy a Tacoma for if I'm buying like a smaller truck. Right. But if I buy a full-size truck, it's going to be diesel. So Parker flies in Wednesday. I pick him up. We're driving back to my house from the airport, and we pass this buy here, pay buy here, here pay here, like sketchy lot on Route 51 South, like right outside of Pittsburgh. And there is this forest green... Range Rover, 2012 Range Rover, sitting on the lot. And Range Rover, everybody that knows anything about British vehicles or Land Rover or Range Rover cringed when that word came out of my mouth. And as an aside, we couldn't tell if the air suspension was blown or if it was lowered. Oh, yes. It, it was sitting not well, that's, like it should have been. That's what drew my eye to it. It was forest green and it was lowered. And I'm like, okay, so is the air suspension blown or is it actually lowered? I don't know if you saw when we drove by yesterday, it didn't look lowered anymore. So that might be an air suspension issue. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, <clears throat> but I was like, damn, that's a really nice color. I like that, like, metallic forest green. And Parker makes the stupid statement, he had to do it. Man, that would look really good with peanut butter interior like your 435 has. So I'm like, oh, man, you're right. So we go home, we're just kind of hanging out for a little bit, and we go to leave to go back to wing night. Well, we have to turn at that same intersection to go to the bar that we go to wing night for. So we're sitting at the light, and I'm like, it's called, I forget what the lot's called, but I'm, I typed it into my phone real quick. We were sitting at the light for, like, it's a long light. It's a yeah. stupid five-way intersection, so you sit there for a while. I type it into my phone, I'm like, I'll search that when we get to the bar. So don't we get two miles down the road to the bar? We're waiting on our friends to show up. So I click search. Sure as hell, it's got peanut butter interior. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, I'm in love with this thing now. It's got 77,000 miles on it. Huge red flag. But as we all know, Bailey likes to ignore red flags and just full send. Yeah, that makes two of us. So I'm like, okay. They want like 20 grand for it. I'm like, okay, 2012 Range Rover, 77,000 miles. 20 grand that doesn't seem right because like 2012 2013 i've been seeing them all day for like 40 40 so i get on car ruse, car gurus to confirm that i'm not crazy and this is and then yeah sure enough they're like the cheapest one of like the 2012 2013 is like 35 37 something like that so riley our friend riley shows up he hasn't been on a podcast in a long time we got to get him back on um, and Riley works for a Nissan dealership in sales and well, Nissan and Mercedes, I guess it's a weird conglomerate. <laughs> um, but 
I'm like, yo, like, what's up with it? Why is this so cheap? He's like, oh, yeah, that was definitely repoed, and they're just trying to get out of it, like, whatever anybody right. owed on it, or they bought it at auction, and they're just trying to flip it and make a couple bucks without putting any money into it. So, yeah, we're going to steer clear of that. If I get a Range Rover, I'm going to get one. That's not a toilet? Probably from CarMax with the extended warranty, warranty on it. <laughs> um, shout out Doug DeMuro for yeah. that idea. Uh... <laughs> But no, then Ron shows up for the weekend, and he drove the Duramax out here from Mannheim. And I drove the Duramax a lot on Thursday. I drove it to Country Style Pizza, and then from there, I guess Ron drove to Bike Night, but I drove home from Bike Night. Yeah. I was like, man, I miss driving a truck. I miss, like, a diesel truck would be just, the torque is there mm -hmm. instantly, and it's just... It sounds good going through the city because right. well, you like, hear the turbos full against yeah. the buildings. And it's just like that's that's my favorite thing about that six seven, is because mine's deleted in tune, so I got a five inch straight pipe. But the echo you get when you're going through like a downtown area is hilarious. It turns everyone's heads. It sounds like not it's it's loud and it sounds good being loud, and I can blow the thirty sevens off on dry hot top without even having to try. Which is like, yeah. how, how, and, <laughs> I mean, I try not to as much as I can because... They're expensive. Yeah, they're $450 a tire, which is not cheap in the least. That is shid. <laughs> Doo-doo. And has small dick energy. Um, but no, like, all the torque in the world is there when you want it. Like, I'm kind of excited to drive it this winter and do snowy parking lot shit with it. Just because, like, I did, the, I did that a bunch with the 6.0 and it was fun. Um... I probably won't ever own another four-wheel drive gas truck solely for that reason because diesels are just way more fun to drive regardless of being more expensive when they break. Speaking of being expensive when it breaks. Oh, oh no. Oh man, the Subaru, I, I've just been neglecting it at this point. I neglected it for so long, <laughs> neglected maintaining it for so long, which led to me dumping a ton of money into the front suspension and alignment parts which we have completed at this point uh blair was very very helpful blair's whole family was very helpful in that for letting me use their garage and their lift and everything got everything back together um took it to opica they put the new tires on it aligned it everything's good to go um needs inspected the Y pipe that comes from like the mid pipe back to the mufflers, the Y where it splits off to the two mufflers rotted. was completely rotted. So I got to order that yet because it won't pass inspection or emissions or something and probably just inspection because it's rusty without it. And then it needs front brake calipers on it, which is like another hundred bucks. It's not expensive mm -hmm. at all. I've just, everybody's been so busy that the car has been sitting at Opico for like a month and Griff finally shows up the wing night. He's like, when are you going to come get your shit box out of my parking lot? So I'm like, okay, I'll give Blair the keys. So it's been at Blair's parents' house now for like the past two weeks. Everybody's still super busy. So hopefully this week sometime I can finally fix that and get that back on the road. I've put like 7,000 miles on the 435 daily. Oh no. <laughs> and of course... Yeah, we why take do you it. have to get it back? Yeah, here's here's why I need the Subaru back. When was that? Was 
Thursday. It was yeah. It was before my dad got here. It, yeah, was, it was Thursday, Thursday morning. morning. Thursday morning. Parker and I are gonna go into the city, get breakfast with Blair's. Well, I no, we're we're. It's not Blair's girlfriend. We were going to get breakfast with Brittany, who happens to be Blair's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I introduced her wrong the first time she was on the podcast, and I <laughs> didn't hear the end of it for like a month. My friend Brittany, we're gonna go get breakfast. I'm gonna meet her in Pittsburgh. I'm going up 885, leaving Jefferson Hills. And we're going up 885, like, towards West Mifflin, Century 3 area. And because I didn't really know exactly where we were going, I had the address of the restaurant typed into my phone. So my phone says, oh, if you cut over to Route 51, you'll save three minutes. So I click OK. And it takes us through, like, the century three area where you can cut across to route 51 for those of you familiar with the south hills of pittsburgh so i jokingly make the comment to parker as we're cutting through this like access road that oh we're going to waste five minutes to save three well that turned out to be completely accurate because we wasted five minutes to save three to waste another 30 sitting on the side of the road, dealing with another woman's insurance company over the phone. Um, again, for those of you familiar, you get up to like the Whitehall, Brentwood area, going 51 north, you look to your left, there's the South Hills Country Club. Yeah, sorry, I keep looking in that direction. I'm looking at myself <laughs> talking in the mirror. Parker keeps looking over his shoulder like, who are you talking to? I'm talking to myself in the mirror. Um... South Hills Country Club is on your left. It's the intersection of 51 and Brownsville Road. I'm on 51 North. I am sitting in the left lane. There's a right lane, a left lane, and a turn lane, which is the far left lane. So I'm in the center lane. We are five cars back from the light, something like that. Stopped for a good 20 seconds. Yeah, Parker will say it himself. Stopped for a good 20 seconds. Seatbelts on. We're just talking. I'm not on my phone, nothing. We're just talking. And all of a sudden, boom, right into the back of us. This woman never touched the brakes. Not not until the very last second. There was no squealing, squealing, skidding, no tire marks, straight into the back of the 435. So we look at each other, and I'm like, oh, hell no. So I put it in park, fly out of the car. This woman did not expect me to jump out of my car and lose my mind as quickly as I did. So I'm screaming every word in existence, standing in the middle of 51. Of course, the light turns green by now, so everybody in front of me has gone. The The cars in the right lane are going, and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Do you want me to pull up so you can get my information? And at that point, the last two brain cells in my head looked at each other, <laughs> threw their arms up and said, what the fuck? Are you serious right now? Like, that is the dumbest question I've ever been asked. So I muster the words, yes, please, let's do that. Let's pull into this parking lot. So I'm in, like, I'm... You were fuming at this point. I was fuming. I was not anxious, but I was shaking to the point, like, I was that pissed to the point I'm shaking. Like, I get out of the car, like, Parker, give me my registration, give me my insurance card, get out, I'm freaking out like trying not to 
chew this lady. Chew this lady a new asshole because I was pissed. And of course, like, I don't, I work a lot. More than me. <laughs> I, I work a lot. And when I take vacation time to spend time with my friends or, like, do something that I want to do, I do not want to be inconvenienced, as I think most people... I feel like right, that's, that's a fairly... Yeah. That's a fair statement to right. make. No one wants to be inconvenienced in general, and especially not when not, they're not on when vacation time. Yeah, one air quotes, vacation, because it was I wasn't going anywhere. Right. I was just taking time just to get some things done around my house. Not at work. Not... Yeah. So... She's like, oh, my name is... I'm not going to say her name on here. My name is... It's so nice to meet you. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, that... This is not... You say that at a party or like a, a corporate event. You don't, don't say that after you run your Jeep fucking compass, compass. up my ass on the highway. <laughs> so... She gives me... The information and everything. Of course, I go straight into shit-talking mode. She's not even back in the car before I'm on the phone with my mom. My mom's like, oh, good morning. How are you? I'm like, oh, I'm getting big check from someone else's insurance company because this bitch just rear-ended me. She didn't even turn around. She knew I was pissed. Right. Like, uh, I I try to be respectful. I really do. Yeah, but I was, I was so pissed. And, like, I, I didn't realize it until... Friday night, we're on our way to go swimming. And I look at Parker, I said, you know, if we were in the Subaru, she would have totaled the car. Which would like, have been... It, it would have been pretty okay, because, like, I like the car. Don't like it that much. But don't get me wrong. It's a daily driver. It's kind of rough around the edges, and I, I wouldn't kill... Like, it wouldn't kill for me to get another daily. Right. Like, it always has to be the car that I like. Right. You know? Like, right. And, like, I've been contemplating trading the car in on, like, I don't know, an M4, the new Supra came out, like, contemplating trading the car in, and now, like, that's gonna be on my Carfax, and it got hit hard, like, the body shop hasn't looked at it yet, but another person, I'm not gonna say names, someone who has an estimator's license looked at it and said, oh, that's 10, 12 grand in damage, easy. So I'm like, huh, huh, this is, uh, this is interesting. So like, I don't think the frame or anything is touched, but it's hard to tell until someone who knows what they're looking at right. pulls it apart and it's a unibot or not unibot, but like the, the quarters, right. if the quarters I are bent and need to be sectioned, it's going to be a nightmare. I don't think the quarters, cause I, I don't think the quarters are pushed, but the trunk lids creased. If you go to shut the trunk, the trunk is off by quarter, of an a quarter inch. inch like parker has to push in on the back of the trunk and i have to push down to get it to close we found that out because i opened the trunk to take pictures for the insurance company and then we stood there for like and then five stood minutes. there for five or ten minutes trying to figure out how we were going to close this and continue on our merry way to breakfast um but yeah the whole bottom like where the trunk the loop is for where the trunk latch grabs onto that's pushed forward a good at quarter least of an a inch. quarter inch. It is it's not. Bad. It's not pretty. No, and it's. I'm surprised she didn't like. She didn't actually hit the trunk lid itself. It's creased because the bottom she part. She hit the lower part of the, like she hit the bumper. Right. And it pushed the whole thing forward. Crash support, like crash bar forward, and like the trunk pan forward because the trunk pan is what that right 
loop that the latch yeah. connects to is bolted to. Um, yeah, so the whole WTF moment of why did she hit me? Because we were stopped in traffic. She claims her foot slid out of her flip-flop. Um, Bitch, you to, were on to, your phone. To that, I say, you have a left foot to break with. Or there's a turn lane that no one was in. Right. I would have swerved around me. Like, if you're paying attention to the road, it. I don't care if your foot <coughs> came out of your flip-flop or not. You would have left foot braked or swerved around me or something. She was on her phone. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. No. I should have mentioned that to the insurance company because I mentioned everything else. I should have told them the excuse that... So when I talk to them this week, I'll see if I can't add that to my statement. Yeah. But They I don't, have my phone number too. So That's true. Yeah, so um, what a nightmare with that. Again, everybody was okay. That's what's important. Car took it incredibly well. Like, for what's a tank. Yeah, for, like, <laughs> what there was for damage. Like, I kind of thought she just tapped us, and I was expecting, like, a spidered bumper, maybe a cracked taillight or something. And then I got back there and realized that she had pushed the whole ass into the car forward a quarter of an inch. I was like, because it didn't, like, it shook the car. And we knew we got hit, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't, like, bounce my head off the dash or anything. No, I mean, we, it definitely, like I said, she was not hurt. I wouldn't wish pain or right. injury on anyone, even if you did inconvenience my day. That's that's really low of someone to do. But wish, it's, it's low to wish injury on, not inconvenience my day, because everybody right. does it all the time. <laughs> but, uh... It's just one of those things. Like, put your phone down and drive. And just it, don't is, it is at this point of the episode that I say my famous line, don't be a twat. <laughs> I think that's what Parker was trying to beat me to. <laughs> um, uh, nobody was hurt. That's, right. that's, that's all that that's matters. The thing. It's... And thank you. If you reached out, because I did put on Instagram, I said, watch out for stop traffic. It me. I'm stop traffic. <laughs> About 30 people reached out and said, oh, my God, I'm I'm so sorry. I hope you're okay. Do you need anything? Thank you. I, I really do appreciate that. Everything's Gucci. We'll make it work. And it sucks because I'm not the first person that I know of that's been, like, ready to trade in a car and, and then gets hit. And it's like, oh, well, there went my clean Carfax and my, like, it's not going to kill your trade-in value, but right. it's definitely going to do it. something to it. Right. And it's, I'm worried because of the color. Right. It, now, it, that's not going to be an easy color. It's no. going to need blended for sure. But <sighs> enough on that. You're a machinist. I'm a machinist. We, you, you machine, I machine, we machine, machine? Machine. Machine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, for those of you listening, I'm uh, not sure if you guys knew that or not. I'm a CNC machinist, CNC programmer. I kind of keep work and play separate. separate. So, that's uh, that's that. Um, now it's out in the open. If anybody has any contacts at any motorsports-related shops and or businesses, um, I'm not... Uh, fuck it, I'll come out and say it at this point. I'm considering looking for another job to continue my career and continue to challenge myself. Um, without 
my boss isn't going to listen to this. And even if he does, that's something that I would hope that he would understand that I'm right. trying to uh, pursue dreams, chase dreams. Well, that's and, what uh, I just did. Sort so of. I'm, yeah, well, yeah, explain what happened with you. So I had worked, I had come out of high school. I took uh, like a precision machining class my junior and senior year. It was like a Votech program. Really cool. I learned a ton of stuff. My teacher was awesome. Um, and I went from there, and I did a semester at trade school. And, you know, the it was Central Maine Community College. The program itself was awesome, but it was roughly an hour from home. And normally that wouldn't be a big deal, but, like, the way to get there sucked, and I sure as hell wasn't going to spend $8,000 a year to stay on campus when, like, my entire education for a year was Oh, what was it like 2500 bucks three grand stupid cheap that's yeah that's okay i don't want to interrupt you no i know where you're going to this Go no i i want to because they don't do it enough i don't know i've been out of high school five years at this point which doesn't sound like a lot to some sounds like a lot to me yeah um i turned 24 yesterday so I've been out five years and two months or what it doesn't matter. I've been out five years. When I was in high school, they pushed four-year education, four-year education, get a bachelor's degree, four-year education. Don't mean to talk a bunch of shit. I'm stating facts. A lot of my friends that have four-year plus in education, if they're using their degree, great. There's a lot of them that are using their degree, not making as much money as me, which, and it's not all about money, I, right. whatever, if, if you're not, if you can afford to live, that's what right. matters. However, they pushed four-year education, four-year education, tried to push me into a school that I did not want to go to, tried to push me into a program that I wanted nothing to do with. I said... I'll go work construction. I'll go weld. I'll right. go do... I don't care. No more I classroom. I don't want to sit in a classroom. So I was looking at Votech for my senior year to do a precision metals course or machining, welding, whatever. whatever. Well, the Votech in my area got rid of the machine shop a couple years prior. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll go to trade school. After I graduate. So I toured the trade school my junior year. And the trade school says, well, you can do your freshman year as your senior year of high school. And you only have to pay for one semester. Sick. Well, okay. So $3,600 right. for the it's year. Stupid, it was 1800 a semester cheap. for my freshman year. And right. then it was thirty-seven for a semester for my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. It's a two-year program. First year focus on like traditional like manual machining mm -hmm. practices get into a little bit of cnc second year you jump right in cnc right. cnc programming master cam which is for those of you that don't know much about cad and cam um cad is computer-aided drafting cam is computer-aided manufacturing you literally draw what you want tell it what tool you are going to use on what feature when what yeah and click start and it spits out a program and you put it on a usb flash drive you plug it into the machine plug it into the machine make sure your tool and everything is set to what you said that it's set to and you press start and then 
You hope it posted right and doesn't blow up. Any amount? Well, yeah, you should run it through like a graphics <laughs> server or something first so you know that it's not going to kill everything in the way. But, and I don't mean to make my job sound easy because it is not easy. There is a lot of um, applied mathematics yeah. and... Sometimes you, just a lot of shit to deal with. Sometimes a lot of guesswork. Yeah. And by guesswork, I mean... We've made 30 of these already this week, and none of them were the same, right. because you never know, like, it's, there's a lot of fuckery involved from time to time, but, um, it's a dying trade. I actually just printed Parker a sticker that says trade money for the back of his truck, which we think is funny as hell, because he had one on the 602, like, it's, well, you got all the kids running around with their diesel trucks have pipeline money you're here for the cash because i'm pipeline trash and stuff like that like i we, we were like oh trade money that's pretty cool like if i had a truck i'd put that on too but i'm not putting it on either one of my don't blame me shit boxes <laughs> but um yeah so all i was trying to interject there was if you're young you don't know what you want to do i'm 24 i still don't know what i want to do i i like this for right. now i don't want to do it forever um why you keep your options open yeah, and exactly. keep your head down and work and uh again that's kind of why i keep work and play separate because i can it's easy for me to see a lot of people think i make a lot more money off of horsepower and pizza than i do they're like oh we bought a bmw and he, right he keeps like dropping new t-shirts and nah, doing all this all stuff that overtime. Like, no that's like me investing in my own businesses right. with money that i make elsewhere right and it's, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't feel the need to justify no, and, you and explain I where my income comes from. I work my ass off and money comes, money goes. Right. It's Can't take it with you when you're dead. You might as yeah, well spend it. You might as well spend it and invest it and try and make it bigger. And if you don't, I'm still young. So right. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, I have zero obligation to anything except for a car note. So right. it's like. $300 a month if I can you know like swing if, some other bullshit if I if I can't afford $300 a month man there's a problem right. and it probably is white and in little <laughs> white line forms <laughs> I've never done cocaine and I never plan to um I say really fucked up shit when you let me just talk. yeah I have that influence on you it seems like um uh what were you talking about? oh yeah so um well I let, th- let me let me sorry on the flip side of the friends with the four-year degrees, I have plenty of friends that have four-year degrees and all but six figures in debt, if not over six figures in debt. Some of them are using their degrees. Some of them are not. Some of them are standing around looking at me going, oh, well, it must be nice. It must be nice. Oh, you're making all this money. You're doing this. You're doing that. I'm like, yeah, but you need to realize that I work a minimum of 10 hours a day normally, Right. And then I come home and eat and go to the gym and then come home and work on my own shit all over again. Right. It's not, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. Right. So if you don't know what you want to do, if you're younger, look into trade schools. You don't have to go for welding or machining. We had an HVAC program, a plumbing program. Um, H- plumbers make 
dumbass money. Electricians make dumbass money. Yeah, once you HVAC know, makes dumbass right. money. Once you get all your licensing and like, welding. Yeah, you get through that first like two or three years of bullshit where you know because I know plumbers and electricians and HVAC guys too, pretty much everywhere. You know, all need licenses to do what they do. But once you get through like that first like two to four years of, um, you know, kind of like the once you're a journeyman really. So once you get your license, licensing and shit behind <laughs> you and your credentials. You can go work by yourself and like, you know, what's a plumber charge for an emergency call? Like $150 to show Just up. Just to show up. Right. And then God knows what they get per hour after that. Right. And I mean, and, HVAC's the same way. Like, yeah. I had a buddy that was working HVAC and he was on call last summer. We were all hanging out and whatever. He's like, I got to go. This woman calls. She's like, my AC won't blow cold. And it's like 85 degrees outside. Like it was not cold right. or like not cool enough to sit in a house where it's 85 degrees outside the house and he's like ma'am i don't mean to like sound like a dick but it's 185 dollars just for me to show up she's like i don't care come fix my shit right so same thing same thing with plumbers like when someone wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and you realize your bathroom floor is covered in like two inches of shit water because your toilet you know like the sewer backed up through your toilet or your septic system did you're gonna go well I gotta call somebody to come fix this, and they're gonna charge well, what they charge. Yeah, and it's things that not everybody can do. Right. It's not, and that's the thing. Um, I feel like today, in today's day and age, there are a lot of young people who want the easy way out and want to just bring home a large paycheck right for not doing Doing anything because they see there's all these influencers and there's all these youtubers and instagram models air quotes and whatever else and uh, don't get me wrong some of these girls that you see on instagram like right getting all these likes and everything they're working their asses off to do these brand deals it's brand deals are not easy to get you have to have the following you have to have the commitment um, to post yeah, everything you do like on social the, media the um can't think what the word is the interaction you yeah, have to have right. the the likes and the, the analytics and, and everything yeah you have to have you look good on paper yeah you can buy a million followers but if you're getting 30 likes on a picture right. like you're not who, who you're gives not, a shit yeah there's no um interaction with anybody there right. so brands are not going to pay for you um it's a hustle it really is but i feel like a lot of younger people see that and they think oh i can do it and then they try to do it and they get 300 followers and they're like man like this is a lot harder than i thought and i'm like sucks when do the paychecks start showing up everybody looks at horsepower and pizza they're like man you're doing so great you're doing so great i'm like i literally i don't stay on instagram like i should right i've been doing this three years now and I still, there's like 1,200 followers on Instagram. Like right. that's, I'm happy with it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm happy with it. I'm proud of what it is so far, right. but I know that if I put my head down and put the work into it, I can grow it and market it a lot better. But all these young people see all these other young people making stupid amounts of money and they think, oh, well, that's easy. Well, I not to throw any shade at anybody whose parents helped them out a lot of those kids already came from money right they really did um there's nothing wrong with that if your parents help you out your parents can afford to 
buy you this, buy you that, help you out here, pay for your college tuition. There is nothing wrong with that. Congratulations, you were blessed enough to right. grow up in a family that could do that. Um, there's, again, um, a lot of young people see that as an easy route, the whole influencer game. Or they say, oh, well, I can go to school and be a mechanical engineer, or I can go to school and be a doctor or a dentist or whatever. You need to understand, it's not as simple as high school, where you right. show up no, it's not and give all. minimal effort and still get good grades. And I know there's people that struggle with high school and college and everything where you can show up and work your ass off and still not get right. the grade that you, you want. Because there are... It's not a myth. There are people who don't test well. They get test anxiety. Right. They can know all of the information, but as soon as you sit down in the testing room, you go blank. You go blank. That's I understand that. And I feel like trade school offers a not an out, but a, it's a different opportunity to pursue something that not a lot of people want to do anymore. Right. Nobody wants to get their hands dirty. I've I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, yeah, well, I want to get into like a motorsports shop or this or that. And I have six years experience and I'm like talking about like I, I showed him my resume. He's like, dude, you can go anywhere in the country and find work. He's right. like, you are 24 years old. Nobody is going to tell you no right. because nobody wants to do <clears throat> this shit anymore. And it's sad because it is a dying American manufacturing is dying due to outsourcing and China I, right. I don't want to get political but China building shit cheaper right. or taking shit that we have already built American made mm -hmm. made in the USA proud to be American whatever they take it over there they pull it apart and reverse engineer it and make it for a third the cost that America can do right. it and they're not just doing it to American companies they're doing it to German companies Japanese right. companies Swedish companies nobody is Immune to it. Immune to it, and they don't have the copyright, trademark, infringement right. laws that America and these other countries do. So they're just mass producing. They're tons mass of producing cheap shit. tons of cheap shit, and that's in an American. Well, again, I don't. I'm just not going to touch that. Never mind. <laughs> um, but like we were saying, you can go to trade school. You can go for HVAC, plumbing electrical we had a collision repair like body shop yeah we actually had uh the was it the year after i graduated they had axed some program that like nobody ever took and they actually introduced uh a law enforcement program well there you go and that, that would get you it gave, yeah. got you like a ton of like your freshman and sophomore year prerequisites if you wanted to pursue like a law enforcement major in college which well, I thought, cool. which I thought was wicked cool. It yeah, was taught I mean, by a retired state cop. I'm, I'm not sure what the. I know our trade school didn't offer it, but like our Votech, yeah. that's like connected to the high schools, had a law enforcement or like yeah. emergency responders. Yeah, program we had, we had a fire and EMS one too. Um, but it doesn't even have to be hands-on stuff that gets your hands dirty. You can go to trade school for drafting, like do right. the CAD drawings right. that go to these machine and weld and fab shops. Um. We had, like, a mechanical engineering mm -hmm. course that was, like, a two-year course, which I guess was, like, then you could transfer into another college to right. do, like, your... A major. Yeah, do it as your, like, 
get your bachelor's with it, I right. guess. I'm not really sure. I had a friend that did it. I never followed up with him to see what he ended up doing with it, but I don't think you can do too much with an associate's I don't in think you can either. mechanical engineering. But um, we had graphic design, architecture, all sorts of stuff that you can go sit in an office and do CAD drawings and renderings right. and everything for architecture. I have a friend that I graduated with that he went... He didn't go senior year like I did, but he right. went to the same school that I did afterwards. And that school is Thaddeus Stevens College of Technology in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, for those of you that want to look. It's a uh, Pennsylvania-only school, I believe. Like, you have to have, to have residency right. in PA to go there. But on whatever rankings list, it was rated, like, the top two-year well tech college in the country for like three or four years in a row as far as I knew but um it's they had auto mechanics all sorts of shit and it's I'm just rambling at this point but it's not about it's not about the money it's not about um not even necessarily finding something that you want to do it's finding something to make you be productive because there are plenty of people who are not productive and I feel like, I don't know, for speaking for myself, if I'm working on a car, doing something I've never done before, and I figure something out without the help of anybody else, I that, feel so that good about that feeling is so rewarding. I rewired the taillight on the 435 when it blew that. Did it with zero idea of what I was doing. Felt Didn't like you search on YouTube. Fire. Dude, I thought I cured cancer. Like, <laughs> And the car hasn't burnt down yet, so like that's cool. Right. Um... It's find something where you can make a living and you don't have to... Here's the the main point that I'm trying to spit out. Find something that you can do to make a living that you don't hate. Not even that. Because there's days that I come home and I'm like, I'm not going back tomorrow. (laughs) True. And it's like a Monday morning and I'm not going back tomorrow. I I drag my ass out of bed at 4.45 and you bet your ass I'm clocked in by 6 a.m. and I'm doing it all over again for 10... 11, 12 hours, I might bitch the whole time, I might drink half a pot of coffee, but I'm there. That was me every day. And I'll make it work, and uh, then there's days that I go in there and I love it, I love, for the most part, I don't have any issues at knock on wood. Um, I do enjoy, there was a a long period there where I didn't Mm. enjoy it, but for the most part right now I enjoy it, I'm looking at pursuing something else in... Right. Motorsports or whatever. But find something that you can make a living without spending a shitload of money right. to get whatever degree or certificate or whatever <laughs> shit they want you to have to go work for somebody. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'd, I spent $4,100 of my own money to go to right. school. Scholarships paid for the rest of it. Haas Automation spent more... I got the the same thing when I went to trade school. Haas Automation spent more... Automation. I can't talk. Haas Automation spent more money on my education than I did. Right. I got the same scholarship. And now I I use Haas machines every day at work. Um, They have a great F1 program for those of you that are into F1. But no, sorry. I didn't mean to cut off... Yeah, no, you're good. We're talking, but go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. But yeah, I, I did the trade school thing for a semester, and, like, 
the drive sucked, so I went back, talked to my old high school Votech teacher, and he got me hooked up with this local company um, that builds press feed lines. They would take these giant rolls of sheet metal um, and flatten them and straighten them and feed it into a die press to make, like, stamped metal goods. And, you know, we did a lot of work with, like, um, GE, Electrolux, like, we worked a ton with some Tier 2 automotive OEMs, um, you know, shit like that, and... They had a trainee program that I started out in, and I worked there almost three years, and they started me out, you know, like, right at the bottom of the pay scale, it was a union shop, bounced me around, and I got trained on some stuff, got a bunch of raises, and by the time I left, I, you know, I was making pretty decent money, and I didn't, I enjoyed working there, like, the group of guys I worked with were good, I did, I did a year stand on night shift that I wasn't a huge fan of, but when I left, I had been on, back on days for almost a year, and, like, I enjoyed that shop. And I kind of kicked myself in the ass for leaving, but I got, uh, I'm from Maine, and I don't know if you've ever seen any pictures of, like, Zumwalt class, um, destroyers. The shipyard that builds those is General Dynamics Bath Ironworks, and that's about an hour from my house. Well, they put out, uh, you know, they were seeking some machinists to go work down there, and I thought, oh, you know what, what the hell, I'll apply, and I had a couple of references, and... They wound up offering me a job, and it was a pretty substantial raise. And I was like, all right, cool. And this is a place, like, I'd driven by it a ton. And I always thought, like, you know, that's what I want to do regardless of what trade I'm in because there's every trade in the world down there. Right. Like, that's what I want to go do. I want to go build the baddest-ass surface combat vessels in the world. So I accepted a job down there. worked out my two weeks. Like, went through uh, orientation and stuff. And I started working. They had me on second shift, which I didn't mind. I kind of missed having, you know, the four tens at Form Tech and three-day weekends. But they had me on second and... um, Let's... Three-day weekends are great. Like, four tens is such a good schedule because you can go in Friday, work a little bit of overtime and everything. Do you find that you spend so much more money when you have that Friday off? so much goddamn more money. Because you go out Thursday night with your friends or whatever. Right, and then... And then, like, you have all day Friday. I'd, I would sit on eBay and just buy, like... And I was buying, like, investment pieces, like, tools and stuff right. to use at work. Definitely but spend I'd more like, money, though. Where I'd spend $200 on eBay on Friday. What the hell was what I doing? What the hell? Like, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, but I really missed having my Fridays and, like, you know, I'd get out of work at 11.30 on a Friday night and I would get back home around 12.30, you know, and, like, at that point... All my buddies would usually be passed out. The bars were closed. So, like, my social life took a hit, and um, it was kind of a bone of contention between me and the girl I was dating at the time. I won't really get into that, because it's a goddamn mess. But, to say the least... As... Yeah, I'm just... We're going to not touch that. We'll keep... We'll gloss over that. Um, But, I kind of butted heads with my supervisor a little bit, and... um, I came in one Monday and I got told um, there had been rumors of them starting a third shift. And I was like, oh, well, that would really suck. Like, that's 11 to 7, Sunday night to Thursday. That would really blow. I don't want to do that. Well, I came in on a Monday night and I pretty much got told, hey, guess what? Um, you're going to be back in here Sunday at 11 o'clock because you're going to third. And that was a really shitty piece of news to get because, like, working this second and not having the three days off was already kind of rough on me and I wasn't really loving it and the shop environment itself down there was super 
frustrating to work in because the, the, the tooling sucked. There was no organization. And it just wasn't really like an enjoyable place to work regardless of how much they paid me. So I worked, let me think. I think it was like the second night I worked, I got on Indeed and started looking for jobs. And I had found a job at this little aerospace, well, medium-sized aerospace shop that's right up the road um, from my house. And I'd driven by that place a ton and I had applied in years past and like never really got any attention. And like at this point, my resume was, you know, a lot broader than it was right out of high school, obviously. So I applied and uh, I got I wound up getting a job there. I worked out my two weeks, had the whole week of 4th of July off, which was perfect timing. That was awesome. And I'm so happy I did it. Um, and I've, Christ, I've only worked there like two weeks, three weeks now. Like this, this would have been my second week. And before I started, I actually told them like, hey, you know, I've got this trip plan. Like I already bought tickets and they were really cool about it they were like yeah no that's fine like you gave us plenty of heads up like yeah go for it just come back into work Monday no big deal and I'm like wow this is weird like I'm used to everything you know because the shipyard too was a union job so like if it wasn't by the contract then that was that and there was like you know you don't bend any rules in an environment like that right and um and I mean you new shop you can wear Nikes and shorts. Yeah, and that's and that's like, the it's other so, thing. It's like lax as far as right. like dress code and everything goes. Like, I'm gonna get a pair of those like steel toe Reebok shoes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to get like some steel toe sneakers because right. I'm sick of wearing boots all you the and time. You me both. Because I feel like that's where my back pain, back pain knees, comes from. Hips. My knees, yeah, from standing on concrete in boots all the time. But I mean. But it's definitely a way nicer environment to work in. Like, you know, it's first climate-controlled shop I've worked in, which was, like, that was a game-changer for me. It was so nice to, like, walk out of the hot parking lot into an air-conditioned shop and it not feel like a hot tin can baking on the side of the road. Um, you know, it's it's spotless. Everything is super organized. How's you know? your ventilation? Like, do you got a bunch of coolant mist flying around? Oh, hell, every, like... no, God, no. Every machine down there has got a mist collector. Like, a good mist collector. On it. Like, that grinder I've been running in the lathe doesn't, because there's really not enough space for there to be any mist, because it's a tiny-ass lathe. Right. Um, but, no, that's that's got, like, a, what is it, a royal mist, I think, and that's, like, plumbed out the back of the machine up to the canister, and, like, the, sh the air in there is really nice and clean. Cool. That's really... I wear a respirator at work. I mean, you were... I took Parker to the shop that I work at right. on Friday just to stop in and say what's up. Um, I feel like our shop's fairly clean. Yeah, it's no, it is. It's cluttered because it is a smaller right. shop and, and we it's, have it's a so job much shop going too. on. But I um, feel like it's fairly clean. Uh, we got ventilation put in last year. I'm, jury's still out on that. I still wear the respirator and right. the filters are still black gross at the end of the day week after i put them in so it's like i that's my other point if you're still listening at this point and you're considering getting into a trade find a good shop not not even a good shop it doesn't matter what trade you get into like i said take care of your health yeah um my dad works construction he just turned 50 and his body is beat right like and i mean he he's in a truck most of the time mm -hmm. he drives but if he has to get out and like labor like help right. dig ditches or dig around like manhole covers or whatever 
he comes home and he's beat his yeah. knees he's had knee surgery on both knees at this point and i know his back bothers him his shoulders bother right. him like it's it's no joke take care of your health it's definitely worth some preventive maintenance even if that means like like just go to the gym and do something you know oh, like, that's that's the biggest thing like everybody's like oh why do you go to the gym you don't need to lose weight i'm like because I'm not trying to blow my back out right. and be useless by the time I'm 30. Exactly. Like, there's a lot more to working out than to just lose getting weight. Like, the health benefits of just staying active. I have a family member, 75 years old. 75 is up there. Right. But I don't see that as an excuse. I know people that are in their 80s that still run they still yeah, I golf na- I they still play tennis does. right a woman in my family my grandmother love her to death 75 years old can barely walk and it's a lot of that is due to just being inactive yes just inactivity and that's it's very sad to me because you see her start to lose her freedom to be right. able to um do what be she able wants to, to do, do what she wants to do, and that's sad. Um, not we're not trying to go on a fields trip here. It's just, <laughs> that's that's sad to see someone who was once very active slowly lose their mo- mobility right. and their. She's still independent at this point, but right. they're she's becoming more dependent mm-hmm. on like a other walker people. and right. other people. And I mean, I guess that is the circle of life at this point, but it's. Uh, but definitely take care. Like, be yeah, proactive take... and, you know, it's, it's like preventative maintenance. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what Preventative maintenance on a vehicle, on a bike, or a... Um, on anything. Anything. Appliance, house, anything. You, right. You need to prevent... You do something to prevent a larger something from... from happening. Happening. Um, we're just at about the hour mark mm-hmm. you gotta leave for the airport yeah, in like we get 25, going here in minutes. 25 minutes so um we're gonna wrap it there i hope that we entertained you for an hour i thought it was entertaining but i was also sitting here so <laughs> i'm biased it was entertaining. yeah i mean <laughs> this is stuff that i do we we talked about what we do for a living obviously i've done it six years now that's a quarter of my life at this point right. so that's yeah, um I'm, I'm at five then yeah shit <laughs> shit <laughs> do do um no so again if anybody has any contacts at a motorsports shop or something of the sort that needs a machinist slash fabricator i do a little bit of tig welding not that great but um capable of learning i learned very quickly um email me at horsepower and pizza at gmail.com you can also find us at www.horsepowerandpizza.com, at Horsepower Pizza on Instagram. If you want to follow Parker, he is at P-G-I-D-S, P-G-I-D-S, on Instagram. And uh, I got a Twitter, too, that Bailey keeps trying to get me to use more, but I don't use uh, it a I whole lot. I think it's Parker underscore Gidney. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That's right. how little I use. I don't even know what my Twitter handle Dude, is. Twitter is my favorite because I get on there and do all sorts of reckless things with my hood rat friends. Yes, it is Parker underscore Gidney. Again, G-I-D-N-E-Y. Um, yeah. Trucks, welding, fabrication, machining, 
poor decisions. I'll talk about the horsepower and pizza drop on the next one because I ran out of time. But at horsepower and pizza, build it for you. We're signing off. Bye. Would See you ya. Like? Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. See ya. Bye. <laughs>